Hi folks and thanks for listening to the podcast. This is our conversation from a couple of weeks ago with the remarkable Palestinian-American engineer Loe Elbasani and his story. Uh, long-time listeners would have heard him on the podcast previously, but genuinely we did fanboy, so just to warn you. Um, if you are listening, if you're liking, if you enjoy what we do, please try and support us. It really helps. We see only we keep this show on the road. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. Uh, price of a fancy cup of coffee. Get lots of extra content, including these podcasts, plea free and as quickly as I turned them around. This week, we've had a new Built Different pod. We had a great conversation with Richard Boyd Barrett. Uh, oh no, Bryn dropped in to talk pre-budget housing. And Konstantin Gordiev gave us probably the best breakdown I've heard on the crisis that emigration that young people immigrating uh, is going to have on the Irish economy and society, wider society. And that's just one of now over 1,049 podcasts are available right there on patreon.com forward slash tortoise It's just a few clicks away and it would really mean a lot to us if you'd join us. Thanks for the support and enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and I have been excited for this conversation, Martin, as you know, the... Um, the, the, I was going to say the inner child in me, but the outer child in me has been excited for this for a while oh, as well. ringing me at two o'clock in the morning. Guess who we have on tomorrow? I know who we have on tomorrow, Tony, but guess who we have on tomorrow? So I'll let you do the introduction. Oh, Tony. no. Look, I mean, there's this. Well, sometimes you say people, um, you know, oh, you know, they, this thing, they've done something that changes the world. They've made history. Three. This gentleman, this this gentleman has made history. Okay. So that he may, he may be, he may be a bit coy about it. He may be a bit shy about it. But, but, um, the Palestinian engineer, space engineer, Lowy Albasuni, you, you've been on this podcast before and you were part of the team that helped fly a helicopter on Mars. And now we're going to talk about going back to the moon 50 years later. Thank you so much for coming back on to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. L- listen. Since we spoke, obviously you've um, become a little bit of a, a celebrity everywhere because of the success of the last project. Just yourself personally, have you? How have you found it? Has it? Has it? Uh, has it been a strange sensation? I could say it's interesting, you know. You know, so <laughs> the world change around you once people like find out about things you have done. I mean, I think even the way people look at you is different. Yeah. You know, you actually start discovering the essence, you know, like the true personality of people around you. Yeah, but like, I mean, but you're also still like, I mean, when we were talking, you were the last time you were talking, you were going, you wanted to go off surfing. You wanted to, you know, you know, wanted to still do do the things that you hanging out, enjoying your life. But I've also seen you flying drones, helping in, 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 um, you know, aiding. <sighs> the civil defense and, and these, the, these equivalents when they're, they're looking at maybe forest fire stuff, you you do seem to, to really um, uh, help out in other ways that, that, that just not everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a really interesting story because I was literally diving in Turkey in memories during the wildfire and the boat captain, like somehow, like he like recognized me. It seemed like he's like a space Enthusiast, and I was like kind of surprised. I was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "I work in space," and he's like, "Oh, did you hear about that guy from Gaza who designed the helicopter?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, are you sure you know how he looked like?" He opened Google. He looked. I was like, "Oh my god!" He started shouting in the microphone. I was like, "We got the guy from the helicopter," and 
The next day, I walk off the ship. I find the TV, and they ask me to go fly with them a drone over the wildfires. But isn't that brilliant, though? Isn't it absolutely <laughs> brilliant? I think it's brilliant. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, anything I could do, I mean, to like give back, you know, uh, <laughs> to anybody around the world. I mean, I, I mean to me, it's like can, awesome. can I ask another question though? Because when we last spoke, we we'd we'd obviously spoke. We cover events in in Palestine and Gaza and what's been happening, in, and we know. Um, about you know the difficulty people have had. I don't know if re- recently one of the people who contributes to this podcast, Issam Adwan, wanted to travel to Bethlehem and was refused on the basis of security issues. You, your parents as well, had to leave, and your fa- your family home was destroyed. Uh, your dad was a doctor. He helped, you know, he literally helped save lives there as well, uh, helping people during the conflicts as well. Have you been able to return at all, or have you been able to return since we spoke? Uh, you're asking me a really tough question. That was mm. a thing. I mean, honestly, this summer I was invited to give, uh, I was you know, invited to be a keynote speaker at the uh, Horizon Academy in Bethlehem area. And I tried to get a permit to go into the West Bank. And, you know, the whole time was every day I was like, no respond, no respond, no respond. You know, the, I ended up doing it over Zoom and I could not even go in. Mm. So <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened or why did it happen or <laughs> why I couldn't even get the permit, but, you know. Just, and how inspirational and, would it have been to so many people? And I mean, not just uh, people in Palestine, but people across the world to have you at that. How inspirational it would have been. I, I mean, not in a political sense, in a scientific, in a you can do this kind of sense. It would have been so inspirational. I mean, yeah, it, it is an international program. And, you know, I mean, there's, I think, ages between 12 to 18. So, I mean, I was really wanted to, like, help out to inspire kids, you know, that, you know, they have a chance in the world. I mean, it doesn't matter where they come from. You know, I mean, they can study things that they could give back. Uh, so, but, you know, I, I was extremely disappointed. Uh- yeah, I can, personally. I can, I can, I can see it in your eyes, Loe. I can actually genuinely see it in your eyes. And I will, I will actually come back at what Martin said and say, don't worry about that because people everywhere do think of you as an inspiration already. And that is something that you should be, should be proud of. And, and I know you strive towards, but let's talk space then. Let's, let's talk mm-hmm. space. We're talking about Project Artemis now. We're talking about 50 years later. We're talking about a return to the moon. First of all, can you give me a sense of the excitement around that you you feel, and what what is what is what type of projects are you hoping to get stuck into now in 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 part of this? Um, so I mean, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, the whole Artemis program. I mean, I, I, t- I look at it two different ways. I mean, there is you know the SLS, SLS rocket, you know, that's the launch system, and there is actually the program of going to the moon. So the big the, in the big picture, I mean, going to the moon. So really, it's not about going to the moon after fifty years. It's actually to utilize the moon as a base that we could go for, from it to other planets, Mars included. Because actually, it is kind of in the way. You know, it's also the gravity on the moon is a lot less, so it's kind of it would be a lot easier to take off from the moon, and you could, we could probably build a base on the moon. Um, uh, so, with I mean, so that's really kind of give give us give me a lot of. I mean, I have a lot of passion for it. It's just like exploration in general. And, you know, so I mean, like, I'll, I, you know, I'm actually like looking at some, I'm doing some studies, you know, it's like, uh, like some research on term of like, there is a problem, like NASA have a problem. It's like, how can they transmit power? So there's these competitions. I'm actually 
trying to like get in, you know, and I'm working trying to figure out a solution that I actually could provide them, you know, as an entrepreneur uh, versus like working as an employee for them. You know? Well, you've so, been you've had that entrepreneurial spirit all all along, but in the in that sort of problem solving sphere, what type of are the big problems that kind of like it's all we i go and watch uh, apple and see you know uh what is it for all mankind and go oh, sure they have they, they, if apple can put a uh, can can uh, have this moon base you know in, in this tv series surely surely yeah low, low a can work that out yeah what are the big what are the big challenges i mean there's a lot of challenges i mean the moon is like there's a diff- there's huge differences between like the shadow and the the light you know and temperature wise so you have to be able to design something that could do that. And then the, the other problem is, is really like if we build anything or we want to be part of like the dark side of them, I mean, there is really no sun. So you really cannot have solar panels and, you know, like generate power. So like, you know, some of the problems, like how can we transmit power from the right side of the moon to the dark side of the moon? And, you know, how can you do it like in such a lightweight? Because we cannot co- carry all the copper wire from Earth taken to the moon. You know, it's going to cost us a lot. So I was looking at ways we can transmit power over the air. It's like wireless power. Uh, you know, like something is kind of like out of this world. I mean, you know, that's kind, that's kind of the holy grail for for <laughs> power, really, isn't it? I mean, to be able to transmit power is is just doesn't have applications on the moon. It has applications here too. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that, I mean, that's what a kind of space program kind of allow us is like allow us to push innovation to really to a limit that a lot of times the cost to develop these technology on Earth isn't does not permit it from like profitability. So when we actually like, you know, we're getting these projects through NASA and other, you know, space things, like they are willing to spend this money for research. It actually advanced science as a whole, you know, everywhere in the world, you know. So it's like, you know, our knowledge as a human being would actually increase. I I, I always laugh, Martin. Sorry, there's a I know a place in 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 uh Catalonia where there's a there's a big old house and it's one of the reasons it's famous is that the the guy who um who owned it he invented Velcro and Velcro was crucial for space travel more so than it was for other things, for attaching things. And like how it brought a simple thing like that. That's where, you know, this is where the innovation came from. It was, it was for the likes of, of space travel. Not so, not, not you putting on your runners, Martin, you know? Yeah. Well, I was I in preparation for this interview. I went and watched the Martian and I wanted to see, you know, how, the, how do they see how people will survive on Mars? And, I presume that a lot of that, that, uh, what we'd call science fiction technology is actually science fact technology that they're trying to put together for the moon now. Would I be right about that? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, and, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting because I mean, the sky is the limit. I mean, I mean, a lot, it's kind of interesting that a lot of things do come from science fiction. Uh, you know, I mean, I tend to watch a lot of science fiction, even though when I was younger, maybe I didn't like it as much. But nowadays, it's like actually sometimes give you ways of innovating because I mean, you know, that's where like art and science cross. You know, it's like you know, like you know, the artists like sometimes they like imagine something, and we're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know if it could be done this way, but maybe we can do it this way. You know, so you know, the lot give us a lot of creativity. You know, in terms of thinking. So where the engine, the engineer smashes into the into the creator. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit art, an artist as a hard heart. You know, I, mean, I used to paint when I was a kid. You know. So. <laughs> well, I think you'd have to be to envisage how to fly a helicopter on Mars. You'd have to, you know, that's not just a science view. You come at that. You have to be arty about that as well. You have to be. 
I mean, it, it felt like it was science fiction. I mean, I, I, you know, it was like, can we even do it? <laughs> well, from from the outside looking in, it is science fiction. Without a doubt, it's science fiction made real. Yeah. Can, can I ask a, a, a broader question as well? Obviously, now we've seen the private um development of of space uh technology we've seen you know spacex and the like and now and space travel uh you know but you're talking when we talk about the moon now is it really that that kind of idea of that that's the next jump off base is is where the next level is and that's why the moon is crucial if we were to explore further into 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 the galaxy insofar as the moon becomes a a good jumping off point as opposed to florida for example I mean, it, it, it is in some ways. Uh, I mean, the moon, the moon, the moon is actually, you know, like a lot less gravity, and and it actually, if we if we could build like a permanent base on the moon, it would be actually a lot easier to like send like small, like shorter trips into space. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's just the way it works. So I mean, it does really simplify simplify things and make trips shorter. Uh, you know, but I'm not sure if I answered your question. <laughs> But, no, no, I, I just, I just find like we. This is the when we look at you know this idea now because we haven't had a space race uh, since you know in a long time. Now we're kind of seeing it for the first time again. Yeah. And, it's, it, and yeah, I mean the private, you know, I mean the private sector. I mean they will find ways to you know like make it more like profitable and make it lower cost. Uh, you get out the politics element, which is I think a lot of time. A lot of time causes us a lot of these delays. You know, I don't, you know, I don't speak in terms of representing anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like a lot of time, like the politics, you know, it's like, I mean, even when you look at the administrators of like the space agency, like if you look at their background, I mean, a lot of time they are not really engineers, you know? So, I mean, a lot of time they're like, they are side to some political party, you know, which is like sometimes like, I don't know, are they really making the smartest decisions? <laughs> so, I mean, I, th- I think when you get into the private sector, you know, I think there's going to be a lot less of that. So, I mean, that's actually just one component of lowering costs, you know. So, I mean, that's going to make it a lot more easier to, like, like go again, you know. I mean, in terms of, like, like space tourism, because, I mean, I see some of that. That's I mean, most of that's going to be probably, like, I think, in, in the near future, just Earth, orbital Earth. I mean, I don't see, like, going to the moon unless, like, there is, you know, they're going to be safety because, like, Whenever we think of that possibility to send human as tourists to the moon, it's like they're going to be all kind of safety aspect. You know, I mean, it's going to be a regulated market. We're going to have to have studies and prove to like the health departments and you know. And, so I mean, and, so and the, we see and we see. But you Sorry. see with Artemis, Artemis, uh, the first flight didn't go. And even though that was an unma- unmanned flight, so we're we're you know, like the idea is to fly the this unmanned and uh, yeah you're right to to eliminate risk and you can't eliminate risk entirely uh yeah you you can't i mean we've done that we've done that in the past and we had the space shuttle programs you know we you know i mean at the same time like they you know they flew succeeded and then they had accidents you know i mean it is a extremely complex system uh i mean you know so like they have to like you know like take step by step to like proof the safety and the aspect of like the integration of the entire system. I mean, that's what caused actually some of the delays because, you know, like, you know, small like hydrogen leak is, you know, huge risk, you know, you could use years of, of progress, you know, and just in, in an instant. So, yeah, I mean, so these things is, is just very typical in this industry. And I presume there are 40 years of, of 
good, middling and indifferent ideas about how to put together a base on the moon and that a lot of those ideas are vying for uh, to be heard right now at the moment. But you're in kind of the ideal place to be heard at the moment. Are you looking back at any of the ideas that have been put forward over the 40 years? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, since the last time I'm, I'm talking like my, it's like my, my own vision, my own, you know, uh, you know, so I'm, not, I'm, you know, I do like, I, I do look at things. I mean, yes, I mean, you know, there is, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, like, if you really want to like think of ideas, a lot of ideas, even when they come out, they actually end up in science fiction movies. So, hmm. you know, so it's like a lot of time, like we like bump them up a lot, you know, like we're like, you know, to a level where like, you know, I mean, is this thing even possible? Um, yeah, I mean, there is. There, I mean, there is a lot of talk. I mean, from a lot of different people. I mean, the, I mean, I think the Chinese already have plans to build bases in the moon. Um, you know, it's all it, it's, it's 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 an ongoing thing. It's like, how is it gonna do? What is it gonna do? I mean, I think there is like people like things like, okay, we're gonna have like a village there and living. You know, you hear like big public figures talking about it, but I, I think in reality it would be just like a small like we might have some laboratories, just like scientists, old scientist space, research space, or you know, like, or for profit activities, you know, I mean, you know, maybe we could do some mining or like discover something that we could help build something there. There are, there are questions around the mining issue as well. Like, I mean, uh, like there's a lot of people talking from an engineering background saying that the mining on the moon may actually be some sort of um, way of, of, of coming up with these things, uh, coming up with uh, new discoveries as well. Have you any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I don't know if you can go all the way far. Like, I don't know if we have all who discovered all the elements we discovered yet. You know, so in the, in the chemical table, I mean, we might, you know, discover a new metal. New metal. I don't know. I mean, this is just like <laughs> it's going far extreme. But you know, I mean, there is like other things like you could study. You know, like you know, like like you know, maybe better understand them because the reality is like you know, I think we know more about Mars than we know about the Moon. You know. And so it's, it's really good to understand the moon better, you know, I mean, like, understand what it's made out of, what it's, you know, a lot of these things, you know, I mean, what is the possibility we could do to utilize the moon in a better way? You know, I mean, uh, I mean it's, not, it's not it's not that far from us. I mean, you know, I think we could maybe have, probably have, you know, telescopes on. I mean, there's a lot, there's a, the, the possibilities are like, you know, endless, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things we could do with it. I'm, I'm reminded of, of why mountaineers, their reply to why would you climb Everest? And their reply is generally because it's there, you know, and I think too that a lot of, of colonizing the moon, which is what it would be if, if you had a permanent base on it, is because it's there, because it's there, because it's our closest orbital neighbor, we should be on it. And I think, too, that for the species, for the human species, off-planet has got to be the future. It has to oh, be. Oh, would you stop? You're, uh, it, <laughs> you're, listen, no way. We can, we, can, we, can, we can save this planet or maybe, maybe in some I, form. I do think that, that that's the next right. era of exploration has to be I mean, off-planet. I mean, yeah, it's going into space. I don't know if that's saving the planet. That's more like, hey, let's find another one. but 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 i mean you know like i like to throw this one out there all the time you know it's like 
but it, can, can a human survive outside of planet Earth? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, we we barely send people to the International Space Station, and when they come back, they like look a little bit older than if they would live that time on Earth. Mm. So, happen if we actually have people living on the Moon or living on Mars? Uh, you know, I think that's a question that's like does not get asked a lot. You know, but I, mean, I think it's like, what yeah. is the our Earth gravity and our our body? You know, I mean, we made mostly we made a lot out of iron. You know, you know it's just there's a lot of relationship to magnetics. So, <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of unanswered questions, you know. I, I mean, it's good to dream. It's good to hope. I mean, the more we learn about the universe, the more we actually can improve our life on Earth. I mean, that's how, you know, how I look at it. I mean, I, I fall more in love with Earth. You know, I, you know, it's like I respect Earth more because the more you study about space, it's like, wow, this is so harsh, you know. I was like, hey, you know, I was asked a couple of days ago about, like, you know, what do you think about, like, opening, like, the door of immigration to the Mars, you know? And I was like, you know, I think we should open the doors of immigration to the Sahara Desert first. You know, see if people would like to live there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's like it's a, it's a lot more. The temperature there is a lot better than and, and and much more. And you could probably do a better job terraforming the Sahara Desert than you could uh, Mars. If you know the, the impact on the on on a human body. Yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, you have oxygen to breathe at least. <laughs> yeah, that's a start. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I look. I again, I want to. I want to just um, sort of ask you one one last thing about the 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 ideas of now having to use that innovation now. Use those 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 headaches that you have and actually come up with 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 solutions for that. If there was, if if I, if he turned around to you and we said that, well, obviously someone is going to do it at some stage. You're going to say to you, here's your budget. Go go and do it. What? How long do you think it's going to take to put some of this infrastructure on somewhere like the moon? I mean, because this is—I know they're talking about a, you know, five years before we're back. We're going back, but how long does it take to put infrastructure in something like this? Is this, is this, a, is this a ten-year, twenty-year project? I mean, yeah, it really, it really depends. I mean, we actually there is multiple avenues like going into the moon. So I don't know whoever. I mean, there is a space race today. I mean, I would think about it as like. The space race between the private and the government agencies, you know, I mean, there is, you know, so, I mean, depending who gonna launch go to the moon first. So, I mean, there, so like we, we might get there. I mean, a base, it could be a lot quicker than you might think, because I mean, some of the idea like SpaceX have and Elon Musk have is actually to utilize like the Starship. And actually it is part of the Artemis program that it will be used as a lander. And once it gets to the moon, like, you know, like the new rocket, like SpaceX working for is actually they're gonna lay it flat cover it with a bunch of dust from the, from the moon to, you know, protect from, you know, like solar activities. And actually that would be the base. I mean, it could probably house, you know, few people and they could actually live inside of that big giant, you know, like starship. Um, so, I mean, I could see that in the next 10, 20 years. I mean, I think there is already budget aligned for it. I don't know. It's like how, you know, the, some of these budget will change, but, you know, from the private sector, I think that's be completely funded privately. So, you know, I think that's going to continue to go. I mean, yeah, even like I, I would see probably government agency like budget will increase, but it's like actually will utilize the private sector more in the future. So there will be probably less program like Artemis and SLS, you know, like going on like in the future. This is just my my speculation, my opinion on it. Um, uh, so 
It's very, it's very hard not to hear the line space, the final frontier in my head. It's really difficult not to hear that line in my head. But, uh, you know, you're breaking down these frontiers and, and you're the guy who, who, who was able to fly a, a helicopter on Mars and desire and, and everything that went into it. Yeah, I think it's the final frontier. I like to think of, of you guys as explorers going out there, the final frontier. I think it's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us again. You know, we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. You're one of our heroes, without doubt. And I know Tony's going to wax lyrical for the next 30 seconds, but you're definitely Tony's hero, without a doubt. Look, it's great to talk to people who do amazing things. And uh, look, sitting there as as a humble guy talking to these two Egypts in Dublin, and we really appreciate him taking the time to do it. And I do do think that uh, your story is something that is inspirational, whether you want to use that kind of um, that that rhetoric or that idea, that is the truth. And and I know from speaking to people in Palestine that they think of you as, as someone who has, you know, proven what can be done. Um, and, uh, and, and I know, you know, like all the best to you and your family, but it does, it, people do really appreciate you continue to talk and continue to, to go out there and show what, 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 what barriers can be broken down. So we do want to thank you for taking the time again to talk to us. It's, it's, it's a great pleasure. And I'll let you get on. We'll let you get back to your morning. Cause I know it's uh, I know we've uh, interrupted your morning schedule for this conversation. So, so thank you. Thank you so much again. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'm going to take you up on that offer, you know, in Dublin. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I will, oh, I will just gonna I'm just gonna come in there. Oh, oh listen, and, he'll and, pick and, you up from the airport. Trust me, he'll pick you up from the airport. <laughs> there will there is no question, and I'm looking forward to that day. You want to shake that man's hand. Listen, folks, we'll be back on uh or back tomorrow with um Trisha Keelty from St. Vincent de Paul on what's happening in the budget or not is not happening in the budget. So we're going back talking economics and we'll have to get our head out of the stars for a little while. But it was lovely. To, it was lovely to dream, even if it was only for a few minutes. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you all. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony speaking to interesting people only. It's the Subscribe now on